have two. We'll we'll do um, what I think is the funnier one first. Uh, and it's what kind of plant can you grow in your hand? I know the answer because you sent it in the, the guest form, but I'm not going to say That's it. That's cheating. Yeah. I feel like it's palm tree. <laughs> it's palm tree. Yeah. It's palm tree. <laughs> palm tree. Yeah, I, like, yeah. I said it, but I was like, this seems too easy. So yeah, I feel yeah. like sound really dumb. <laughs> no, no, that's right. And then the other one is um, how do you throw a space party? You plan it. You plan it. <laughs> Pluto's yep. not invited. Oh, yeah. oh, that's sad. Why are we not inviting Pluto? It's okay. a planet. It's okay. It's like a, what is it, like a, a trans-Neptunian object now is what it's classified as? Uh, something redonkulous like that. It's okay, Pluto. I'm not a planet either. I feel like a planet, and my daughter just, like, just <laughs> no. rotates around me. That's a word. Uh, you have your own gravitational pole. My son the other yeah. day asked me if I had a baby in my belly. Oh, no. I mean, so do the preschoolers at work. So I was like, I was like, yeah, food, baby. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Kids are ruthless. They are. <laughs> so everyone welcome back to another episode of his dad as it gets uh the podcast where we consider pluto a planet i am your host larry and with me as always are john and david hello hello and uh so October is book month, so we wanted to kick off October right, um, and we decided to uh, reach out to Robert England, and unfortunately, he's not answering his emails, so we, we got, uh, honestly, a fantastic author. Um, he, he, he's written, um, was it Mighty E, or My, Mighty E, um, and then there's the book that I, I read to my daughter, um, and it's uh, oh. a girl named Adam. Yep. And um, she she likes the book, like she likes the drawings and everything. So we read it almost nightly. Um. <laughs> but welcome to our podcast, Jordan. Hi. How are you? Yeah, we're fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, all right. My name is Jordan J. Scavone. I am a uh, independent author with six books, six books published, five children's novels, and one uh, reverse portal urban fantasy young adult novel, uh, or as I like to call it, my big kid book. Um, I am an early childhood educator with uh, just shy of 10 years in the classroom. Um, I uh, am a dungeon master in D&D. Um, even though we haven't played uh, basically since uh, my son was born. 
because uh, I cannot play online. I, I just I can't do it. I don't know why I get too distracted or my players get too distracted and that sort of stuff. Um, I'm also a play-by-play uh, -play commentator for uh, independent professional wrestling. So um, I do too much. Same. Uh, so we do we do a biweekly D and D group that we're recording, um, and one of our players uh, has decided to name his character Orange Cassidy. So nice, nice little <laughs> OC, freshly yeah. squeezed. What's he playing? He's playing a druid. Uh, uh, he's he's uh, a barbarian. Uh, half elf. He's barbarian, a barbarian. Yeah. It does not fit no that idea. character at all. <laughs> I have no idea what any of these things are. That's that's fine. Just nod your head. Yeah. Yeah. Just pretend. Just yeah. He like, sit yeah, there and yeah. look pretty. He's a barbarian. Talk about how much who uh, turns orange in the moonlight. Oh, oh yeah. 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 He's done that. I was thinking. I was. I was thinking half elf druid who wild <laughs> who wild shapes into a tree. No. As opposed close. to an animal. That would be fantastic, though. Um, but so you, uh, <laughs> unlike a lot of our guests, you, um, take on a different role as far as parenting goes. So, uh, like you said that, uh, your experience with children puts you in the position to where you you taught your wife how to change diapers. Yeah. That's one of my favorite, like <laughs> to use with people. Cause like the joke is like, oh, I had to teach him how to change diapers, blah 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 blah. It was the other way around. Um, uh, I was already six and a half, seven years into teaching, uh, and I teach newborns to three year olds. So um, I have twelve kids in my classroom every day, ranging literally from the youngest we've ever had is eight weeks to um, a little over three. And so, like, when everyone was like what are you going to do when the baby comes? And I'm like, the same thing I do at work. <laughs> I, just, I just don't have to watch my language as much. <laughs> um, so yeah, like um, I, we, and we started bottling right away uh, cause we knew he was also going to go to care. So um, mm. we, we did a mixture. Well, we originally were going to do a mixture, um, but um breastfeeding was no bueno he refused to latch mm -hmm. for whatever reason um so he was exclusively bottle fed um but whereas like a lot of like first time dads or second or third or in the case of others every time dads um like i knew how to prep bottles i knew how to warm bottles i knew like oh he's like four and a half months old let's start doing all this other food stuff and um it was still different because like he was mine and I of course was comparing him to other kids and that sort of thing. But um, yeah, it just, it always, everyone's like, Oh, it's going to be so different. You're going to be doing all this different stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I can change 12 diapers in 15 minutes. Like I'm going to need videos of like 12 footballs. Yeah. If I didn't have to clean the table, it would be probably 10 minutes. <laughs> like, I was going to say, did you ever have some of the timer and you're just like, dun, 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 dun. no, but there are times where it's like the room, like the classroom is just like going crazy. Cause again, it's, you know, 10 to 12, one to two year olds. Uh, and it's like, okay, we need to get diapers done and we need to like get ready for a nap. And I'm like, okay, I'm doing diapers and I'll just like burn through them. Um, just 
ridiculously fast. All right. um, 12 underneath the age of three sounds awful. And I love kids. <laughs> uh, you know, some days, some days it's not pleasant. Some days it's not pleasant. Especially when they get sick. It's, it's a, You're trying to speak to me. I know it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of attempted conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like, it's so interesting because I know like the language that all 12 of them speak. <laughs> And each um, one is different. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, or we'll have like a two-year-old, almost three-year-old getting ready to go to preschool. And we'll have a one-year-old who's just like following him around like a mother duck. And and then a year and a half later, the the now almost three-year-old do something. I'll be like, gosh, it's like the other kid never left. You just, you just <laughs> copy and pasted everything you learned from him. Um, yeah. Which amazing. I guess is kind of prepping me for a sibling if that ever happens. <laughs> Say it's amazing how easy kids pick up things from other kids Mm -hmm. compared to like the parents trying to teach. Like my daughter was way longer to pretty much do anything and then get my two boys and they're picking it up super fast. And it's like, yeah, because they're copying her. Mm -hmm. They're not trying to copy us. Yeah. But yeah, Uh, it's 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 fascinating. Like uh, we originally when I first started, we're in a mixed age classroom. It was all we were all one year old and up. And then we added in infants um, and it's, it's honestly, it's super cool. Cause all of a sudden, like I'm having full length sentence conversations with a like 25 month old that most people don't even get to have with their four year old because they're so exposed to all this language from all these other kids and us. So as, as far as um, being an early educator and an author, have you found that uh, being an early educator has influenced your writing as an author? A hundred percent. And I'll tell you why. Uh, so my first book, Mighty, is about a girl with social anxiety starting school. And in order to overcome her fear of going to school, she becomes and finds her own inner superhero. And that book came about because of a girl who was actually in the preschool room, not in my classroom, but I had her younger sister for a little bit of time. Um, but she was this girl who every day at drop off, you know, she didn't want her, her, her dads to leave, you know, it was emotional, blah, 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 blah. Um, but within, you know, a couple hours, she was this like bubbly, giggly, you know, girl who loves superheroes. And I like looked at that and I'm like, well, what's happening here? And it's, she just wasn't ready to leave until she kind of forgot that they were gone. So I, I found a way to, you know, use the concept of finding your own inner superhero and pulling them out when you're dealing with drop off or any type of transition. So I've had parents use that book when it comes to like moving to a new house or getting a new sibling. Um, I've had grandparents give it as like an alternative to all oh, the places you'll go for their college age grandchild, like moving up to college or something like that. So we used it for Julian going to uh, kindergarten this year. How'd it go? Started, it was good. I said, like, the first day was uh, still a little bit rough, but then now he still complains about going every day, yeah. but then he gets there and he's fine. Like, he's like, I don't want to go. And I really think he just doesn't want to get up. Like, I think if it started at 10 a.m. instead of 8 a.m., he'd be totally on board with it. But he's mine and he hates to wake up. <laughs> but he comes home happy, right? Oh, yeah. He comes home. It's the greatest day right? ever every single day. Can't beat that. It's an argument to get in the van every single day. 
And so now, like, he might even have a little bit of a meltdown. I'm like, yeah, you're still getting in the car. Come mm-hmm. on. Because then by the time we get to the end of the road, he's fine. Yep. Yeah. Like, and it's like, yep, nope, we're just going to deal with you crying for a second. Because it's literally for, like, like the end of our road is, like, 200 yards. Like, it's not far. <laughs> yeah, I have a, I have a second um, grader, but- and he's the exact same way. He doesn't want to go, but by the time he gets home, he's happy he went. Yeah. My, my daughter can't wait to go to school, though, because that means she gets to talk. <laughs> and she, she doesn't. She doesn't be quiet. So she's very much a talker. So she's like, da, 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 da. like, I had a thing from school that she wasn't finishing her lunches on time, like ever, because she was too busy talking during lunch to <laughs> like she was coming home starving. And I'm like, why didn't you eat your lunch? Did you not like it? And she's like, oh, I, she, that's what she ate when she got home. So I was very confused. And then, no, I was just talking to my friends. You gotta be quiet. (laughs) You gotta gotta love that. That's wonderful. (laughs) Just talk with your mouth full. Yeah. Um, (laughs) And then my my second and fourth books. Mm -hmm. uh, Second one is Mud Princess, which is my anti-bullying book with a non-traditional mud-covered princess. Uh, My fourth one is Turtle Day, which is about a classroom adopting a sea turtle and learning about animal conservation. Um, are direct references to things that happened within my classroom inspired by kids. So Mud Princess, uh, uh, if you actually look at my author photo in the back of the book, it's me and the girl who inspired her. Um, And she would literally, she would come to school in these like very nice dresses that her mom would get her. And we'd go outside and she would just dive right into mud puddles and just like not care kind of deal. Uh, And I just, I adored the energy. And then that book actually happened. So like that happened that day. And then that night, uh, my wife and I went and saw, well, I don't think she's my wife then. Maybe she was. I don't remember. Um, we went and saw Moana in theaters when it first came out. And I was like, I'm feeling this right now. And I literally went home and I wrote the whole first draft of that book right after that. Wow. Um, That's cool. And then, and then Turtle Day, we actually adopted a sea turtle in my classroom as a, a long form project, which is something that I try and do within my room, which is uncommon with, um, newborns of three-year-olds because a lot of times their attention span doesn't survive that but we adopted a sea turtle and we tracked her with satellites through uh the sea turtle conservancy and we every week we would check in on her and we had like a big google map printed on the wall and we laminated it and then with sharpie we would like draw where she was going and we did it for almost six months until a hurricane knocked off her tracker and we lost track of her um but in a similar sense in my author photo is the boy who was really, really like the one who was just constantly into her, would always go look at her picture on the wall and would always ask about her. And I was like, this is, this is a book right here. So uh, it became one. So from uh, concept to finish, how long does it typically take you to, to do books? It really depends on each book. Um, Mud Princess was the fastest. Um, like I said, I, I wrote the, the first draft in one night. Um, and then it only really went through probably three or four rewrites. Um, and it's around 900, 950 words, which all my books are long for modern children's books. Yeah. Um, but not Dr. Seuss books. Cause those things are long. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then, uh, my third children's book, a girl named Adam, which is my transgender inclusive text. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> sorry, was my longest uh, cover to cover uh, of the children's books. And that's that one went through the most rewrites and it wasn't anything story-based. It was just making sure that um, 
all the verbiage was correct. Uh, everything felt natural. Um, that was also the one that was most peer reviewed. Um, one of um, our best friends is trans and it was, she's loosely inspired. Uh, she loosely inspired the book. Um, so she read every draft of it. Um, and so did she was when she was in college, she had a uh, like a LGBTQ plus like support group kind of deal. And they all read drafts of it. Um, and, I, and I really wanted that one to be as as honest and um, quote unquote approved uh, as yeah. could be coming from a cisgendered white guy. Uh, so and that one was actually that one was nominated for the Stonewall in 2020, which is super cool. I did not win. It's still nominated. It's cool. Yeah. Nominations yeah, count. There was, I, it was featured in an article. So like every pride month or so uh, it pops up on another list of like recommended LGBTQ plus children's that books. Cool. Uh, and in 2021, it popped up and it was like winner of the 2020 Stonewall. And I was like, eh, nope. But the book <laughs> below it that you recommended was the one that won. Uh, so I like discreetly messaged uh, the person uh, who wrote the article on Twitter. And I was like, hey, um... I didn't win that book did. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I'm glad that someone caught that quick <laughs> and is not offended in any way, shape or form. Um, <laughs> so for, um, for the book, uh, girl called Adam, do you, do you receive a lot of, uh, like criticism for that book? Um, sometimes, uh, when it first came out, I did. Um, I like, you know, I uh, got messages where it's like, you know, you're a pedophile, you're poisoning children, all this jazz. Um, uh, most recently, I did a signing last December where um, a woman called me evil. Mm-hmm. Um, and then actually she tried to persuade people to not buy my books, um, which the best part about that was they weren't even looking at that book at the time, the people <laughs> who were at my table. They were looking at my superhero books. Right. Um my fifth book is a sequel to Mighty, so it's a second superhero one. And she's like, you know, this his books, what they're about, right? And she just looked at the lady and, like, reached over and grabbed the one that she knew she was talking about and goes, yes, and just added it to the pile. <laughs> uh, just stone-faced, like, staring at me. Um, and then, uh, that actually, that same time, that was, it was a rough day. It was at a Kroger, of course. Uh, uh, I had a lady preach to me for about a half hour about my like eternal soul being damned and all that stuff. Um, meanwhile, while she was talking, I was selling books to other people. <laughs> um, but you know, I get a lot of, I, 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 I get a decent amount. Um, usually each signing. Um, and unfortunately it's mostly dads um, who will like drag their kids or their wives away from the table um, the hardest times is when like it happens and, and the mom looks at me and she's like, sorry. And they put back all the books they were thinking about buying what, like, and even if that one wasn't even one of them. Um, but then I've also had dads be like, we're not getting any of these. And the wife's like, <laughs> we're getting three. And, like, so um, it, it goes both wife. ways. Um, I, I never know how it's going to be. Um, I don't like to try and gauge people as they're walking near my table, but you kind of have yeah. to. Um, yeah. I kind of I, I, I like I, if someone walks up to me and they have like a pride shirt on, I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about this book first. Um, if you walk up to me and you're in like full hunting camo, I'm probably not going to talk to you about that book. Just in, I, unless you bring it up. Um, 
and I hate to do it that way, but I know that, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of necessary, which yeah, sucks. You kind of have to profile a little bit, right? In order. Yeah. To and a lot of it has to do with the fact that like, sometimes when I do signings, like between ordering books, getting a table, doing all the marketing and, and, you know, getting any flyers or business cards or, or anything made, like, would I rather sell out of, you know, the book that's going to, you know, make all the, make people angry and like motivate and like give hope to children. Yeah. But like, this is a $300 table. If you don't want to buy that book, but you want to buy the other four, then I'm still going to like, let you buy those mm-hmm. books. Kind of deal. Yeah. Um, what are signings like also? Uh, some of them are really busy and really fun. Um, I love doing comic cons. Um, a lot of times you don't get children's books at comic cons. You just get like fantasy and sci-fi novels or comic books. Um, so I have a bit of a different market. Um, and what's really cool is that sometimes, uh, now that I have the novel as well. So here's the, the novel's the only one I have in my box right here. And it's actually the not for resale, but this is the the hardcover, uh, proof copy. Um, I've actually done now like a couple two day of cons where the first day, like some of these teens will come up and they'll buy the novel and they'll go back to their hotel room and just like, like a teen does, will demolish the book in one night and come back the next day and tell me that they finished it and then want to talk about it, which is super That is cool. really cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That, um, that would make me excited. Yeah. I've also had like, I've done, so I've done, um, the Midland Mall Comic Con now for the last two years, which is up in in Midland, Michigan. Um, I'm taking this year off because I don't know if I'm going to have a new book out by then, which will be two years without a new book there. And I was getting a lot of the same people. Um, But but specifically, I had a kid come up the first year and he was probably five, um, uh, four at the youngest, not quite reading, but not quite not reading in that learning stage. And they bought the first two books because uh, he was interested in them. And then the next year they came back and, you know, he told me, he's like, I read them on my own now. And then they bought the other three books. Um, so that's really fun, uh, especially when you get to do like the same ones uh, consistently. Yeah, we'll be starting to read them to Julian here and have him start reading them soon. So I say we have all of them except for the novel. Which, I, uh, that's for you. That one's for you. I've, I've, bought, I've, I've bought the novel for other people. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't bought it for me because I'm I I wish I was more of a reader and I'm not. Well, so here's the thing: it's also on Audible. Have someone read it to you. There you go. Uh, <laughs> and actually, the audiobook uh, I personally think is better than the uh, physical book. Uh, the narrator that I got for that novel crushed it. There you go. I'm gonna have to check it out. All right, now audio. I gotta do it. Yeah, that's what I'm do. listening to tomorrow. Yes, uh, and if so- you have. If you have audible credits, I still get paid. Uh, I don't. I, I canceled my audible credit thing, um, yeah. and I, because most of the books I just owned already. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I get asked that a lot. Like, if I use my audible credit, do you get paid? Yes, I do. Still get paid. That is good to know. Yeah. Um, for for being a self published author, what what made you want to go through self publishing versus uh, trying to find a publisher. Is it, is it easier to self publish? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when, 
I, I wrote Mighty in my first year of grad school, and I got my master's in children's lit um, with the intent that what I wanted to do was I wanted to learn more um, about book design and, and, and publishing and that sort of stuff. Cause I knew that if, you know, I couldn't find an agency or I couldn't find a publisher, then, then going it the indie route would be necessary. But I've also had read a lot of indie books and they, for lack of a better term, feel self-published. Like they feel like they were not, you know, checked over by a, a proper cover designer and, and that sort of stuff. Um, so I actually had the option in my first semester of grad school, I was taking a um, diversity in children's book course. And um, for our final, we could like write a big research paper or we could do a creative project. And I'm like, well, I'm gonna do the creative project cause that sounds more fun. And I, I did Mighty, um, I, I drafted it out. Um, it was like two times as long and I did very, 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 very bad art of all uh, myself. Um, uh, I'm a decent artist now. Uh, then I was not. And, <laughs> you know, my my professor, who at the time was head of the department, um, really liked the concept of the story. And, and she was like, you know, the, it feels like if you edited it up a little bit, you know, trimmed it down, tightened it up and chopped it around, you might be able to do something with it. And I was like, well, you're on like award boards for like um, like big awards and, and you know what you're doing. So I'm like, okay. So I just started doing it and um, it got actually picked up really quickly by um, what is called a hybrid publisher um, or a vanity press, which I they don't teach you about in grad school. Uh, <laughs> and it's basically like, Hey, for X amount of money, you know, um, we'll do your editing, we'll do your printing, we'll uh, get you an artist. And I was like, okay. And in, in my brain, I was like, well, you know, this is my first book. I have not, they, like, they have no reason to gamble on me kind of deal. Um, so maybe this is just kind of how it works with children's books, especially if you don't do your own illustrations. Because um, a lot of, a lot of big name agencies and stuff want the combo of author illustrators. So they only have to yeah. pay one person. Um, so I went with them and I did a thousand book run, uh, hardcover run of mighty, which I thought was super like, at the time I was like, well, this is happening. Um, I did 18 Barnes and Noble signings in one year. Um, Cause it was all in their system. And I, I, in about a year I'd moved all thousand of those books. Um, and I was like, this is awesome. Blah, blah, you know, but you know, um, the royalties weren't great. Um, and, and their marketing program, um, did not do what they said they were going to do. They're like, yeah, we'll reach out to, uh, like, give us your address and we'll reach out to every Barnes and Noble within 50 miles of you. Um, and like three months went by and I was like, Hey, I haven't heard anything. And they're like, Oh yeah, we're waiting to hear back. They never did it. So I started doing it on my own. Um, I like learned how to reach out to each one's individually for that sort of thing. And like I said, I ended up doing like 18 and moving a thousand books, um, which for an indie author is, is a lot, especially for a first time, especially for children's books. Children's yeah. books are hard to sell. And I went back to them and I was like, Hey, we need another printing. And they're like, okay, it's going to be whatever it was. And I was like, well, like I just moved all these books and like got you guys like made you this money and you guys didn't do this thing for me, which was part of like our deal and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, 
can we do it where like you print them and then just take like a higher cut or like we do a, a payment thing where it's not all up front and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, that's not how we do it. And I'm like, okay, uh, well, I'm going to leave. Um, and the one thing I did do right was retain all of my rights uh, for illustration and word. Um, so within about two months, I turned around and I ended up going the indie route through um, Amazon's KDB and um, reprinted in paperback and just didn't really look back from there. Um, I reached out to a few um, agencies with Mud Princess because I really liked the idea. Um, and I was like met with it's too long. Um, they didn't like the idea uh, of a cis white guy writing about a, a young, like a little black girl. And I'm like, well, that's who she is. So, um, and it's who I, and that's, and that's, you know, I want to write about the people in, in my life and that kids are going to experience like, um, you know, she was based on a real girl and that, and so she, I was like, that was one of my hard points. I'm like, this is what she looks like because this is what she mm -hmm. looks like. Like it has nothing to do with the story has nothing to do with her um, being black or even being a girl really, as I have the fact that she's a princess, but it had to do with who the girl was. And that's where the story came from. And I didn't want to change that. Um, and I still, I get a lot of people going, Winnie, how come you don't have a boy book? And I'm like, well, Turk day has a boy in it. And all of my books technically have boys in them and books aren't gendered. So I don't see what the problem right. is. <laughs> I don't understand why everybody wants to assign gender to things. Yeah. Because like, labels make people feel safe. I'm, Drives me nuts. I think the only yeah. reason yeah. I could like, think of that would really make sense to me is just, especially if you're reading a novel, you just want to have a simple image in your head. You know, person on street. Yeah. Okay. What person look like? Okay. Moving on. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah. It, it, the amount of like parents and a lot of times it's grandparents. I'll, I'll give it that. It, it's a lot less like parents now. It's a lot more grandparents are like, oh, well, you know, he's four. So I don't think he's going to like any of these books with girls. And I'm like, he doesn't care. I was like, does he not? have girls in his life you're a girl <laughs> does he like you <laughs> like no <laughs> it, it, it's it's baffling to me and a lot of it comes from me you know, like you know when, when i was a kid i do remember like you know every book was a white guy or or, or or something like that and you know every disney prince and princess were 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 white dudes and yeah. i kind of liked ariel a little bit more than others just because she had the same color hair as me um i guess that's the reason um but like I, I get it from the sense that like you want to identify with who you're reading about or who you're watching in media or, you know, when you play a video game and you make your character look like you, but they're a barbarian. So they're super jacked <laughs> or something like that. Or me um, Ted Danson. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, but I don't know why it's not necessary. You don't have to do it. I, I rarely like, when I play like fantasy or like games where you make your own character, do I play as one who looks like me? Um, honestly, yeah, yeah. I, most, most of the time I play as a woman. <laughs> uh, so I mean, rep representation does matter um, just because kids want to see the world and, and be like, Oh, that person looks like me. Yeah. Or um, that person looks like blah, blah, blah from school. I'm going to go yeah. show them like, look, you're in this book. Uh, and, and that's the, um, 
I don't have it with me, but Mighty herself, you know, she's a she's a superhero. Um, and she's also um, a little black girl, and she's got, like, the Afro puff balls, um, which is a really popular hairstyle right now amongst, you know, like, two to, like, eight-year-olds. And so many times, like, the families will walk by the table, and the girls will, like, stop as their, like, families walk by. And they're, like, turn around, they're, like, what are you doing? And she goes, like, and, like, that's... That's not what I wanted when I wrote the book, but now it's kind of what I wanted. And it like, yeah. like retroactively, I'm beyond glad that it happens. It's one of the things my wife loves about the books more than anything is that it is mm-hmm. inclusive. Let's, let's be right. honest. Yeah. That hairstyle is just adorable on a little girl. Well, that That's too, true. that uh, too. That, yeah. that is very true. I can't pull it off. <laughs> uh, Me neither. I but can't. I like with with a girl named Adam. I've had teens use it to come out to their families, um, as as a way to explain to their family what they're going through because it's designed to explain to elementary age mm-hmm. kids the the base concept of um, transgender and yeah. and and at the end, ultimately, it's not even just about that. It's also about friendship. Um, that's what I tell people. I'm like you you read it to your kid. It helps them learn about friendship from a different direction. And then as they get older, now they're also learning about, uh, you know, transgender and LGBTQ. So, and it's not in your face, um, in my opinion, and and, and most of the opinions of the people who read it, it's it's a good way to ease into it. You know, I've had um, parents get it for their kids to explain why uh, their uncles, their aunts, and that sort of thing. Um, or why their family friend is, you know, they're they're now being called she and her, like, and it's confusing for kids because they're, you know, you're just you're grown up in a in a, in a binary system. Um, it's changing now, you know, especially with the amount of openly LGBTQ families and that sort of stuff. Um, but for the most part, you, you can't avoid it because it's it's just so ingrained in in global culture. Um, so any way that you can just get it in there a little bit just to start that conversation. I think it's a great idea yeah. for to make it for kids to simplify and normalize because it is something that is becoming more prominent and it's being witnessed more. So it's better for them just to be aware of it and you know, not be confused or surprised later on. So one yeah. of the things that the book did for me was realized that I didn't have to over explain it for yeah. my kids to get it right. Because I wanted to take this whole big giant concept and try to explain it all to them. And I'm like, yeah, they're not going to get all that. That book keeps it in such a simple, but straightforward way. And it still gets the point across that I was like, Oh, so I don't have to over explain it. That makes sense. And that's the thing. Like I've had, uh, I've had grandparents whose, you know, grandkids are, are, coming out and they're like, I don't get it. And I'm like, read this, like stand at my table and read it. It, it takes you six minutes, uh, buy it. If you want, I don't care. Read it. And they go, Oh, like Bob. Exactly. Um, my, my, my favorite moment with that book, um, was a year and a half ago. I was at a signing at a high school, uh, in Livonia, Michigan, I think. And I had a group of tweens, like preteens, probably 12, 13, come up and 
talking to me, talking about mostly the novel at first, and then they noticed um, the children's books and were looking at them, and then they noticed a girl named Adam. And uh, one of them was like, you know, I'm not fully out yet, you know, and, and all this stuff. And uh, she's like, my mom kind of knows that, like, I'm using a new name and all this stuff. And I'm like, that's, I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah, when it's time, like, you know, and we talked for about 10, 15 minutes and then they left. And then this mom walks up to the table and she's perusing the stuff and she looks and she goes, I think I might want to get this one for my pause, 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 pause daughter. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, in my brain, I'm like, good for you. No, well, I'm like, I'm one, I'm like, good for you. But I'm like, this can't be this person's mom. <laughs> <laughs> and then um they're like they're like yeah uh, yeah and they get it and i'm like who am i signing it to and they're like you sign it to and they paused again and like re- thought for a second and they're like blah 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 whatever their or their chosen name was um and i was like oh i was like great like you know um if they want to you know bring them back to the table and and we can get a picture with the book and all that stuff um because i try and get pictures with people when they come when they buy books for me um I tell them, I'm like, my publisher really likes it when I get pictures. I'm my publisher. Uh, <laughs> and um, sure enough, it was the exact same kid um, who had like just told me all of this stuff. And their mom brought them over and handed them the book. And, you know, they were like, oh, you bought this for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they opened it and it like had their like chosen name in it. And they just like instantly started crying. And I was like, this is why, this is why this needs to be a thing. <laughs> right. Um, I would, I would cry too. I, like, it was, you, cry doing that? you know, it was close. Um, I was like, we don't need six people crying at this table. Cause then That's all of you. their friends started crying. And I was like, I'm going right, to be the only one to, not to like, I was trying to figure out how you got to six people. I was like, mom, person, you, why yeah. is, uh, how drunk <laughs> were you that there were six of you? <laughs> their, their, their friends came back over. <laughs> I was like, well, um the math isn't mathing man (laughs) yeah but like that was like it was at that moment where i'm like i don't care if i sell any more books this year like that was the one book i needed to sell this year that year and um i always tell people i'm like if i could just give away all my books for free to the people who need them or who want them then i would do it i would be the worst millionaire if i won the lottery because i'd be like i'd still keep doing book signings but i'd just be like you want this one (laughs) Here, you, uh, give me ten dollars. You can have all five. You'd be having like, more fun. <laughs> Take them all. Exactly, yeah. and that's at the end of the day what it would be for. <laughs> you get a book. Yeah, like or, or when elementary schools like inevitably, I get emails, you know, leading up to March, and they're like, "Oh, do you charge for visits?" I'm like, "Yeah, I kind of have to because I have to take a day off work. I have to drive to you. I have to get books." Um, and I hate to yeah. do it, but and even then, like when schools offer me money, I. Uh, I only take half and then I tell them to use the other half to order books or me to give away during the um, presentation. So, uh, you know, schools will offer like between three and 600 and I'm like, Oh, 600. Cool. Yeah. I'll take three, use the other 300 to buy 30 books off Amazon, which means I still get a little bit of royalty money as well. But then, you know, they get 30 books and then I give those books away during the assembly. Um, That's still cool though. Yeah. You, um, you mentioned Um, the mom, you know, trying to think and pausing for a moment and having to think that because it's so mm-hmm. new. And if- yeah. Ex- yeah. And this time, I mean, like this sounded, this specific situation, like it was uh, like the, the, the kid was not fully yeah. out. Um, 
and it sounded like they just finally like I'm wondering I I I, I assumed that one of their friends had probably like slipped up around mom and then like they were forced to like tell them kind of what was going on kind of deal. It didn't seem like, see, I, I always assume that the mom actually knew, like I've known since you were like just getting around to you catching up to it still takes some getting mm -hmm. used to, which is totally fair. That's what I was getting to pausing. My wife has a cousin who we knew was bi for a while and has officially come out as being trans. But it's so new that every time we talk about this cousin, we have to be like, she. <laughs> we have to actually stop and pause because it is such yeah, a well, new it's, thing. It's just hard to yes, it, it's that, it's that it, it, flipping. It, and you're so many years of one thing, yeah. else, and you're just like, okay, we're good now. It's It's... It's maybe not the best one-to-one comparison, but it's something that my wrestling fans yeah. will understand. It, it's when people leave one company and go to another company and they have to change their name for legal reasons. And you still keep calling them the name when they were in WWE, but it's because <laughs> you keep forgetting that they have yeah. a different name. That's, that's perfectly. <laughs> so what I'm really bad at is getting the pronouns right, but then I get their name right. <laughs> like I use the, use their given the, you know, the name they chose, but then I still get the pronouns wrong. And my brain doesn't even necessarily register that. I said it. Wrong. I, so I just, I, I, have, I have one friend that's like, you did it wrong again. <laughs> Damn it. So close. <laughs> I haven't messed up their name in like, I've, I don't think I've ever actually messed up their name. Don't even have to think about it. But man, that pronoun gets me. <laughs> the pronoun just are, when in doubt, when in doubt, just they, they them. They them. Every yeah. everybody has become they over the last few years on yeah. me because I was like, because um, I met somebody that was gender fluid oh, and I yes, really that's couldn't a keep different. up. Right, I was just yeah. like, yep, you are always going to be a they them. Yep, and then I've just carried that forward since. <laughs> that's a good rule of thumb. But you you had mentioned wrestling, um, so. You being a, a promoter, like, do you do you worry about uh, your your child getting into wrestling? Because I let my daughter watch wrestling once, and I. <laughs> I mean, we're about. Let's see. He turned three in June. Uh, it's now we're about uh, three years and three months too late for that. <laughs> um, yeah. He. Uh, this was technically this past April was his fourth WrestleMania, um, but the first one that he actually watched matches for, because uh, you know it starts at like nine o'clock or something. Yeah. Um, he already has his his finishing move. Um, it is a off the top rope double stomp to okay. your midsection. Uh, I've right. taken it about four hundred oh, times. Um, we were actually doing cutter practice during the summer, um, where I was teaching him how to like properly like hold someone's head when you do a cutter. Um, so now I'll just be like, Felix cutter. And he'll like walk up and be like, and then just jump Um, (laughs) in December, this past December, he stepped into his first wrestling ring. Um, and his first instinct was I'm a climb that and walked over to the the corner and tried to climb the turnbuckles. (laughs) Um, sounds about right. Uh, this past weekend, um, we're having a lot of car issues. So we only have one car right now. Um, I really wanted him to come out to the show we were doing because we did a, uh, a Royal rumble style match, which for non wrestling people, it's where every like 40 to 60 seconds, a new person enters the ring and you lose by getting thrown over the ropes. 
Um, but as a joke spot, I knew that me and my commentary partner were both going to go into the match. And he's actually a former wrestler um, who could probably still go for another couple of years if I convinced him enough. Uh, um, whereas me, I, um, I know how to fall. I know how to get hurt and I know how to land without getting hurt. Um, but I, I, I've wrestled one full match and it was a tag team match, which really means I've wrestled one half of a match. Uh, <laughs> half more than me. Uh, but I knew I was going to get, in, I knew, I knew I was going to get in this match and I knew he would thought would think it was cool, but we just couldn't make it work. Um, but I then showed him the video of me getting in the ring, uh, getting super kicked, which is when you get kicked in the face uh, and then getting thrown over the ring. And he was like, dad, and they threw you on the ground and thought it was hilarious. <laughs> No concern for my well-being. Just why do they find, why do they find it yeah. so funny when you get hurt? It's the uh, funniest thing to them because and, it's funny. I'd say, in their defense, I also laugh when he falls down. So yeah, I did laugh pretty hard when Julian turned one time was running down the hallway and turned too soon and missed the doorway and ran <laughs> nice. the door free. Uh, <laughs> he just turned too soon. My he had a big old goose egg on his head. My wife comes and I'm like laughing so hard. I can't breathe. And he's, he's crying in the hallway, but I mean, he just turned <laughs> like nobody you're was chasing him. Nothing. He, just, he missed the door <laughs> because you hear him crying, which means he's breathing, which means you're allowed to laugh. That's true. Yeah. Part of it. Yeah. Oh man, I was laughing so hard. I was like, "How do you miss the doorway?" <laughs> yeah, it, Felix's most recent one, and I'm sad I missed it because it was in his in his preschool classroom. And a bit of context: my child's a giant. Um, like I said, he's three. He's forty two pounds, uh, and his height matches like the amount of people who assume he's five is ninety five percent. My um, son is five and still weighs like, I don't even think he weighs 35 pounds yet. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, Prime example of how massive my, he was born over 10 pounds three weeks early. <laughs> wow. Um, so none. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Two weeks ago he was running in the classroom, which every day, Felix, do we run in the classroom? No. Do you run in the classroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and he tripped on their, he tripped on the slide that's in the climber in their room. And instead of just falling straight down like a normal child, he oversold it like a child who's watched professional wrestling matches and tripped, but did that cartoon keep running thing until he slammed into a door. But because he's so big, he didn't fall over. He bounced off it like a clown and did like the huh, 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 and never fell down. <laughs> and then just boom, grew a third eye. Yep. Uh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, he, he he's projected to at his smallest be six foot four. Yeah, my daughter is uh, three months older than your son, and is twenty nine pounds. Yeah. So he is in size seven diapers, <laughs> so he really needs to get this body training thing down, or else we're gonna have to go to Depends. <laughs> <laughs> it it is hard enough to find size seven diapers on a regular basis because most yeah. places just don't stock them. I actually had to tweet Kroger the other day and I was like, guys, come on, help me out. Because <laughs> their whole, yeah, they exist. There's just not a lot of them. <laughs> and what sucks is like all diapers, they get more expensive for the yes, less amount yes, in the package. Yeah. Yep. So I think like a Huggies brand, a Huggies brand of size sevens is like, 10 bucks for 12 or something. Oh, oh, oh. 
we uh we had trouble with potty training but my daughter's got the hang of it for the most part she's just curious the plumbing so there's there's like a constant struggle where she's trying to watch herself pee or poop and ends up missing the toilet because she's nice. trying to figure out what's going on down there. Yeah. Julian once was tried and literally <laughs> fell off the toilet. <laughs> literally somersaulted <laughs> off of the toilet. Um, I was standing there and I watched it and then I was like, how did you let him fall off the toilet? I was like, he somersaulted off. I didn't expect I that to happen. Go in the toilet. One, of, one of the, oh. yeah. That's, now, I've scared my I've scared her my daughter into falling into the toilet, right? And then she, her butt hit the water, and then she got double nervous, and then I got in a whole bunch of trouble. <laughs> one yeah. one of the perks of him being so big is he just fits on an adult potty. Like we don't have to use the extra seat. We got him the kid potty, and he's like, "Dad, I don't fit." <laughs> he's like sitting on it, and his like knees are up to his shoulder. Um. So I, I think he's he's at that stage where he hides oh, to poop. No. And I'm like, bud, you know you have to poop. You're hiding. Just go hide on the potty. Like, um, yeah. I, I think once he decides he's good to go, it's going to be a really yeah. easy process. Um, he was really into it for about two weeks. And yeah. we got him, like, the bluey training underwear. Um, and he went, like, almost two days um on a weekend, like doing really well. Um, and then he just lost interest. So we kind of backtracked a little bit. He probably sits two to three times a day on the weekends. And um, he sits when his friends sit at school. So he's got a couple of the older boys who are his friends who are like four. And I'm hoping that once some of his younger friends, who he's the same age as, who he knows are the same age as him, once they start going, he'll, he'll start doing it. So we use the potty yeah. watch. The potty so watch. Way- yeah, we use that for Julian because it was, I mean, he was young when he decided that he was going to poop on the potty because he didn't like how it felt. Fair. So it was awesome. I didn't change a poopy diaper for the longest time. <laughs> but it took him forever to pee on the potty. And he just didn't want to stop playing, right? Yeah. He just wanted to go and go and go and go. So then we did the potty watch and slowly made it longer and longer. And he started getting the concept and... Oh, okay. Yep. Nope. I got to go. And then, then it was fine. Oh, okay. Yeah. What I would say, what's cool about Felix is that like the second he sat down on the potty, he got the concept of aiming. So he's never like just sat there and like peed over the most, bowl. Most adults <laughs> don't have that. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. But he'll like, he just sits and he like looks down and he just pushes down and I'm like, cool. That's like one of the hardest things with boys. There you go. Uh, there's a, uh, an account on Instagram called the potty training Con- consult, I think is what it is. Um, they have a lot of really good tips. Um, but for, uh, for you becoming a dad, like how much did your life change for you? Um, um you said that like, as far as, as the care prospect of it, but, like you, you've got a lot of stuff going on. So yeah. How much did that um, impact you? So he was born June, 2020. So he was born in the thick of the pandemic. Um, and I was off our, we closed schools closed in March that year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we actually, we reopened the day oh. he was born. So I went, 
we we all went into work um on june 1st to like wow no one's been in this building for about three months we should probably dust <laughs> uh, and so we all went in and like hadn't seen each other all the other all my other co-teachers and stuff and then we uh we just deep cleaned the center for a whole day basically um getting it ready and then i was like all right bye and i didn't go back for another two months awesome you uh, got two months because we we basically well we basically determined that because um we weren't opening at full capacity um we were opening at only half capacity because either a lot of families didn't want to come back right away um or um some of the staff didn't want to come back right away um so we actually determined that it was easier for me to just stay on unemployment instead of going back right away um so yeah so i got an additional i got two months at home with him which was awesome um and i mean a lot of stuff like got cut um i had or i had at the time planned to stop doing wrestling um when he was born um the promotion that i worked for their like wrestlemania uh show was in um march march or april maybe may i can't remember now. i think it might have been april because i think it was the same time as wrestlemania just like a couple weeks after um and at the time I, w- I was a bad guy manager of a group of three other guys and i was like hey like this is the plan i'm not going to be here much longer um but i want to do like a proper like character send-off kind of deal um so there was a guy who we had been feuding with basically the entire time we we're your team and um really really good guy really good wrestler he's like five foot six um so he's really small um which was his character like he was like the underdog um guy and i was like this is my pitch for what i want to do and he was um one of the one of our like he was our like middle card champion and i was like i want to cost him his belt for a guy who's not even on my team um so it, it's more of a surprise because if he's facing one of my guys and i come out and cost him oh what a surprise it was a completely different guy who was also and they were doing good guy versus good guy was the plan um and that guy wasn't gonna like join our team he was just gonna be like oh i, I guess i won um and it was gonna set up a you know he's tired of me um he wants me in a match and we were going to do an i quit match at our like wrestlemania and obviously i was going to lose and quit and then disappear um and i had i at the time did not have any intention of going back into wrestling um the day uh, when you do show days they're just so long and and that show specifically was like an hour and a half away um which is added to the time and then last year uh, uh, one of my friends who actually like got me into wrestling, um, indie wrestling in Michigan was like, Hey, one of my friends is doing commentary for this promotion. That's kind of close to you and they're new. Um, and he needs a co-commentator. Do you want to go check him out? And I'm like, mm, no, uh, <laughs> but yes. Uh, cause I was missing it at the time. So then I, I ended up going back and then, uh, a year later I'm basically running production for them. But, um, so uh, a lot changed in the sense that I stopped doing a lot of stuff. Uh, we stopped playing D and D, which was partial COVID, partial him. Um, I stopped doing wrestling, which was partial COVID, partial him. Uh, I never got to have that match because of the pandemic, uh, oh. the match. So I think that was part of the reason I wanted to go back is because I never got to like kill off that character. Uh, not that I portray him specifically. Um, but I also haven't published anything since 2020, which is obviously a coordination <laughs> as well. Um, it just, I, 
I I miss writing. I don't do it as much. Um, uh, there was also like somewhere in the middle there, uh, I finally went on antidepressants, um, which actually triggered me writing again for about three months. So I actually, I do have a new picture book that's manuscript cool. that's done. Um, it just needs some tweaking. And then um, I already have, uh, I'm working with an illustrator who I'm friends with. Um, it got slightly delayed because um, they got pregnant with a rainbow baby. Um, oh. um, and I was like, do that. Perfect. Book can yeah. wait. Like, so um, that baby is now here and they're healthy. Woo. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm thinking in the next couple months, um, we're, we'll start back up on that. Um, there is a graphic Ooh. novel that's in the works that my illustrator for that has just had some um, uh, hiccups in their in their work life, um, uh, partially due to the pandemic. And that book was actually started written before the pandemic, and that really I guess screwed up a lot of stuff. Um, the graphic novel is intended to bridge the age gap between my children's books and my YA novel, um, so it's more of a mid-grade cool. graphic novel series. Um, yeah, and. It, it, that's going to be a, it's still a slow process, but it's slowly coming. Um, there's a sequel for this being written whenever I have time. Um, it's about, this is about 72,000 words or something. Um, I'm about 30 into the sequel for that. Um, 30 words or 30? I assume. Okay. Does that even count? <laughs> 30 words in. I'm about uh, the main character's name. One page. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, but then my, my writing has also been kind of pushed back because I've been doing a little bit more with wrestling now. Um, like I said, I do a lot of production stuff. So I've been making flyers and stuff. Um, I'm actually wearing my impact wrestling hat um i got to go work with impact wrestling in chicago this past year um which is super cool so i got to do production with them um and i'm hopefully going back uh again with them so um which is how i never thought i would they're the the third biggest wrestling promotion in the country give or take um wow in turn uh, they just celebrated their 1000th oh, wow. episode kind of deal um so like i never really thought that I would get a chance to even work with one of the major promotions. So the fact that like I got invited to go work with them um, and I, I'm hopefully going back uh, multiple times. Um, uh, I've been really enjoying doing that. Uh, and I get to, uh, when I was an undergrad, I was originally doing film, uh, film production because in Michigan years and years ago, now they had a film incentive for film studios to come here. They would get a huge tax break kind of deal. Um, and then our, at the time, wonderful governor was like, mm, I don't think that's going to make us any money. Um, <laughs> so now anytime you watch a movie or a TV show and you see the Georgia peach at the end of the credits, uh, know that that movie would have been filmed in Michigan. That means there, some of those tax incentives are back though. Cause they, some of they them started are. shooting, they yeah. started shooting uh, like the transformers and stuff like that after yes. that in Michigan, because they got a big tax break. Yeah. But that means Every Marvel movie was supposed to be filmed here, pretty much. Um, so I, I see that we've, we're going a little bit long, and I, I just had two fun questions for you. Going long is an issue I have on podcasts. That's okay. It's okay. I, it's okay. I, I just had two fun questions I want to ask. Uh, one, as a uh, person who works with children, especially young children, and then you had your son after you've had six, seven years' experience. When you were in the hospital and you know, the the first day with your 
son in the hospital. Did you let the, the uh, nurses know that you had experience or did you just let them bring them in trying to explain to you and you just play dumb until they were like, dad, you want to change a diaper? And you were just like, done. That's, I can't remember. Um, that's a good question. I feel like I probably mentioned it just cause it comes up a lot when people are like, now dad, this is how you hold the baby. I'm like, yeah, I know. Um, uh, but I, I, I think I mentioned it. Um, I did change his first diaper in hospital. Uh, my oh, wife had a C-section, so uh, yeah. she wouldn't have been able to do it anyways. Yeah. Um, what's actually funny is, again, huge <laughs> child. Um, we had to request size one diapers in the hospital room because they only had newborn oh, ones no. and they did not fit. Um. <laughs> um, so I was like, could we get size one diapers? Jeez. The newborns are too small. Um, and then my other yeah. question is, because now that your son's a little bit older and you're kind of getting the idea of his personality and his, you know, very active personality and his size, is there a plan somewhere in the future for a book about him or inspired? Um, yes, yes. Um, but in a, and actually it started off as cause, um, so his name is Felix. We call him Fox. Um, one of the things we do uh, at my center uh, with early literacy is we mm -hmm. assign letter links to everyone. Um, and uh, in his case, he is Felix Fox. So he see like there's a picture of a fox that's been his picture of a fox since he's been a baby. And he knows that that fox represents him. So that's where his blankets go and where his uh, yeah, cool. stuff goes. Um, and it's that like, it's that like early association. And we basically, before we knew if we were going to have, uh, boy or girl, we had picked their names and their letter link ready to go. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's fantastic. So, yeah. Um, so he was Felix Fox. So his nick, we he goes by Fox every so often. Um, um, and uh, I use the hashtag whenever I post pictures and stuff about him as Fox Adventures, um, mm -hmm. which is a great title. So that will happen at some point. And my original idea for it was like a magic treehouse uh, age range book um, fantasy about like a little Fox boy going on adventures. Um, and I've tried to write it a couple times, but because my novel is also fantasy, I find myself doing too much detail um, and losing a lot of it. So um, I don't know what I'm going to do with it yet. Um, something with him and adventures and Fox adventures. Um, the 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 concept is there it just nothing okay. is i just uh, I, yeah. I was just thinking about it because you were talking about him and just his very um active personality it sounds like a fun idea yeah i was yeah he's been really getting into like pretend play lately which is cool and also bad because he had nightmares oh, yeah. about monsters because of it um but on on sunday him and i went on a walk and he we got him this uh, like little, I mean, I say little, his sized wooden sword, uh, actually at the, uh, the Salvation Armani. Um, and I then got, yeah, it took me a second. Took a second. Yeah. That's, it took me a second. Get, uh, it's where I get all my suit jackets for wrestling. She's so like, where'd you get your suit target? I'm like, no Salvation Armani. Uh, <laughs> and then, um, that. do it, do it. I just get paid $14 every time you do. Um, I actually had the sword from this book 3D printed, um, full size. 
um, uh, as my newest like in-person marketing thing. Um, so he likes that we both have swords now. Um, so we went on a walk with our swords and we there were, we were monster hunting. Um, so there, there might be something there. Um, and I have a feeling that once he gets old enough and I introduce him to D and D, he's going to be into it. Um, so something might happen there. Um, all of the lore and history for this book was made out of a D and D campaign I that, that I was running. Um, so I could see something similar happening with, you know, a mid grade novel versus uh, a full length one, but we'll see. Very cool. Very cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, and I think I saw the, the sword on, on uh, Facebook that you, I think you posted about it. I did. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. It's literally like, <laughs> like it's, it's probably a little bit longer than my wingspan. Um, <laughs> we, all we all would. <laughs> right? uh, well, we all would. I'm in so much trouble. Well, the I get in trouble is, with the noodle swords. Are you kidding me? Yeah. The, the <laughs> thing about that is I can't get in too much trouble with it because it's 3D printed. So I don't really know yeah. how much I can swing it around. Um, but we also, I mean, we do have a full-size Claymore in the house. <laughs> um, My wife won't let me get one. She's already vetoed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, uh, it's, again, back to my wrestling thing. It's uh, basically looks exactly like the one True McIntyre uses, which is like, haha, I have a Claymore now too. Um, so but, if uh, if people want to see this 3D sword or get updates on your books and everything, um, where on social media can they find you? Uh, on Facebook, um, you literally search me and I come up, but the uh, official Facebook URL is um, facebook.com backslash might ebook. Um, because I didn't know I was going to have multiple oh. books when the first one came out. <laughs> uh, so the actual, the original Facebook page was just mighty. Like it was just for the book. And then I was like, oh, I have a second book coming out. I guess I'll just turn this into me. Uh, so then it became my name. Um, but I kept the URL. And I actually like the URL of my ebook. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, the x as opposed to twitter i guess for as long as i keep using that and it's my least used one um instagram uh and tiktok when <laughs> properly motivated um because tiktok takes time it takes time to use tiktok that's videos um but that is uh at real j scavone um because i came up with my twitter when all the celebrities were like getting fakes made of them so they made there's like at real NPH for Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. I'm going to do that too. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then uh, uh, right now, uh, my Facebook page is the most active uh, in terms of updates and some wonderful memes, uh, some original, some stolen. Um, Borrowed. And then uh, my website is currently down at the, t- well, maybe you said this is, this is for October. Uh, so it yeah. might be up by the time this Fingers goes crossed. up, if I can get it figured out. Uh, my website is my website is just jordanjscavone.com. Um, and that has uh, all the book links on it, book reviews, um, a couple links to different interviews that I've done and some podcasts um, that I've done. Um, I do also have a YouTube channel. I had this brilliant idea to do a vlog uh, whenever I did book events. And I did one. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went, you know what? I don't really like the editing part of this. Uh, so I stopped. <laughs> um, but the book trailer for, for Night Warrior is on there. Uh, and the book trailer is really cool. Um, um, 
I, I don't mind video editing. It just takes so long. Yeah. And uh, I learned on Premiere, and I don't have Premiere. Premiere is expensive. Yeah. Uh, I use Filmora, um, which now that I'm like uh, about six months deep into it, um, I'm thinking about starting the vlog back up again once I start doing signings again more often because uh, I'm, I'm much faster now. Uh, when you're when you're learning a new editing program of any type, you're like, oh gosh, yeah. it took me four weeks to edit two minutes of footage. Now it's but, like, oh, I edited three hours of a wrestling show in four hours. I'm good now. If if you want a simple uh, editing program, um, CapCut is really good, really simple to use, and it's cheap. I love cheap. Yeah, uh, the yeah. pro version's like seven bucks a month. Oh, that's not bad. I think. I think Filmora is like ten bucks. Yeah, something like that. It gets paid for. By the same <laughs> that's the best uh, time right there. That works. Uh, so yeah. for yeah. for your also, last, if you like, if you like wrestling, uh, Northwest Championship Wrestling. Um, by the time this comes out, it will be over. But our September show is a all women tournament to crown our uh, inaugural women's champion. Uh, which I guess since this is coming out after the show's been announced, I designed the championship belt. <laughs> Never did that before. Our prom- our owner's like, hey, can you design the women's belt? And I'm like, maybe. Is this good? Why not? Um, not? Never did that before. So I like spent like four hours um, and I just had like multiple images up of different women's championship belts. And I'm like, mm, no, I don't like this. I don't like this. And then I just like pulled up all types of championship belts, and uh, I think the belts turned out really cool. So um, check it out. Yeah, it'll be uh, on YouTube since this is. It'll be on YouTube now, (laughs) right now. Yes, we're talking NCW wrestling. Indubitably, (laughs) happy Halloween. (laughs) So for. for your last bit, what are what's some good dad advice you got for all the the dads out there? Uh, uh listen to your kid. Uh, I don't remember what doctor says it, but one of the doctors says when a child is speaking, listen to it. Uh, do that. Uh, I want to say it's tenant, but I'm not sure. Um, and my big one when it comes to all kids is mm. they smart. They're not dumb. If you treat them like intellectual humans, then they will respond as such. Um, and it might take them a little bit longer because their social emotional brain is uh, very egotistical, but it's supposed to be at that age. So um, let them be egotistical, but also teach them how to control their emotions and their empathy by being emotional and empathetic with them. And, and that's about as bad as it gets. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, give us a rate and review. Your feedback fuels us and helps us reach more parents and make a positive impact on their lives. Are you looking for a daily dose of dad jokes? Follow us on Instagram at as dad as it gets pod. There you can find the latest dad jokes and keep up with the latest news and updates about our podcast. Also, 
Do you have a parenting question or do you want to spotlight a dad? Reach out to us by email at asdadasitgets at gmail.com.